identical in that. I don't know. It's creepy. <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Vanessa, and I'm Liv's mom. And I'm Savannah, and I'm Liv's bonus mom. And welcome to Blended Babes. Blended Babes. Welcome. Merry Christmas! I was going to say that too. <laughs> oh my God! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, guys! I literally can't think of anything else, of any other way to greet you other than that because I'm staring at all of Savannah's Christmas decorations. Okay, first of all, um, there's like a candle in my face. First of all, it's November 9th. Just so we know. It's the 10th, actually. Oh, it's the 10th. (laughs) I don't know what day it is. It's um, early November, and it is Christmas land in my house right now. Because you know why? It was a crazy-ass year, and I was like, fuck this. Let's do Christmas. (laughs) We need some Christmas in our lives. Oh, my God. Like, it was just election week, and it was crazy. It's, like, stressing me out, but, like, I feel like I'm really behind even more than I am already, like, in getting Christmas gifts. Like, I feel like Christmas is, like, tomorrow because of all these decorations. I wrapped presents today. There are presents wrapped (laughs) under my tree. I've never been this prepared in my whole life, and I feel great about it. I'm going to steal the presents and put them under mine. Okay, well, here's here's the thing. Everyone in my house is obsessed with Christmas, and I was just like, you know what? Let's just run it. We're just going to run it early this year. It looks really cute. Like, let's just handle it. I don't know if you guys can hear it or not, but there's a crackling fire (laughs) on my TV. On her TV. (laughs) Because I don't have a fireplace, and it's the most depressing thing that has ever (laughs) happened to me in my whole life. I wish that we had a fire, and a real fireplace, and we don't have one. So I'm forced to put it on the TV. Does anybody else do that? I feel like other people do that for sure. Shout out to Netflix for having Like, it's a thing. Netflix has three different fireplace picks, guys. (laughs) In case you were wondering, like, if you are a person who loves a fire and you don't have a fireplace, Netflix has the fireplace for you. (laughs) And you can have one in your home today. All the advent calendars are like blank because there's you're still way too many days away from Christmas. Yeah, it's it's that one because we're not there yet. We're negative right now. So, oh my god! um, But it's funny. Nick makes fun of me all the time for the stupid fire on the fire on the television. (laughs) He's like, "What is this shit?" And I'm like, "Dude, it's crackling. We got a candle going. It's like legit. It feels real. I think so. Yeah, I agree. Whatever." But anyways, no, it actually inspired me to want to decorate this weekend for Christmas. So thank you for that. Yeah, jump on it, guys. Because Thanksgiving, like, no offense to, like, Christopher Columbus or anything. Wait, is that? I don't don't think that's him. Oh. That passed. The Pilgrims. The Pilgrims. The Mayflower. That's Christopher Columbus. Was that Christopher Columbus? Okay, I'm right. No, there's Columbus Day already happened, and I know that, but I said I meant like no offense to Christopher Columbus. Like Thanksgiving is like he went over there, right, to like the Pilgrims and the Indians, (laughs) and they all had dinner. Wait, yes, but everyone hates Christopher Columbus because he raped and pillaged the land. Yeah, that's a whole thing. Okay, that's a whole thing. No offense to literally everyone. Or all offense to Christopher Columbus. Yeah. All offense to Christopher Columbus and, like, no offense to anyone else. <laughs> we Guys, we suck at our history. Yeah, but I fucking don't care about Thanksgiving at all. So I'm just going to throw that out there, and I'm very sorry. Some people really love it. Like, I 
love being around my family no matter what the occasion is. Yeah. But it's just like it seems so like stupid to me for to like. Hey, that's because you don't like any of the food. I know I don't like Thanksgiving food. She doesn't. We have completely polar opposite tastes in food. Just by the way, (laughs) also every time we're like, or when we went to the mountains, I'm like, let's get this. She's like, I hate that. She's like, let's get this. I'm like, I hate that. Literally, the menu. It was so hard to create like a menu. You guys, she doesn't like cinnamon rolls. It's fucking gross. That's annoying. I don't like them. Who? What? I don't like cinnamon rolls at all. You have no soul. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what else don't I like that's like everyone loves? You, you She doesn't like, okay, she doesn't like comfort food. I just don't like Like, you don't like chicken pot food. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't like, like chicken pot pie. Like, I like chicken pot pie. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I don't like, like biscuits and gravy. Yeah. Oh, like my God. I shit. love biscuits and gravy. Uh, it's comfort food. I, it's cold outside. Give me some warm sludge. I, oh, God. <laughs> I feel like it's like prison food. It's like it just slops on the plate. Okay, like, I stop. Can't I can see it. I can see it, but I will not accept that. Yeah, like I feel bad at the Thanksgiving with my family because my grandma makes like all this food and she's amazing at cooking whatever, but like I don't eat any of it. Like sometimes I'll eat corn. Okay, that's like up. Bread. Like corn bread. <laughs> like corn. And, oh, I'll eat pumpkin pie. Okay, that's acceptable. Like, that's it, though. And, like, water. And wine. <laughs> Mostly wine. Mostly wine. Mostly water. I'm actually that. a little bit sad. Okay, this is actually a funny story about Thanksgiving. Um, I love Thanksgiving leftovers, Thanksgiving... Ugh, gross all of stuffing. It. Whoever invented that, sick. It's so disgusting. That's weird as hell. I can't do it. It just it smells weird. It's fucked up right now. Anyways, <laughs> so, like, my brother-in-law... His goal, every, pretty much every holiday, so it's not just a Thanksgiving thing. It's also a Christmas thing. Sometimes an Easter thing is fucked up as that is. Um, what, the food? No, his well, he, this game that he likes to play. What, you don't like it? Hold on. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm like, what's, God, on? what's happening to so, the story? I'm trying. <laughs> so he likes to play this game. Like, well, he'll, he'll like drink with me, right? Okay. But he sneakily gets me really, really fucked up. Oh, you do embarrassing shit in front of my whole family. Wait, who is his cousin? I want to play. No, Chris, my my brother. Oh my god, I want to play, dude. One time, I lost my phone in my grandma's house because I got so hammered. He, we were like drinking Jack or something. Oh no. And my grandma, you've been to my grandma's house. It's yes. like not big. And how do you lose a phone in a house? That doesn't make sense. There's a lot of cracks and crevices. It was crazy. I woke up like, the what small. the fuck happened? And he's like, I was like, did I cry last night? He's like, no. I'm just like <laughs> laughing. We're like trying to figure it out. I was just like trying to piece, put the pieces together. Like, but what happened? I will miss doing that this year because I can't drink. But Oh my God. I want to play. Yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> so oh, next year. That's a thing. Yeah. Well, you could play this year, but. I'll play it every day. <laughs> just kidding. I'll literally die. I really want to play it right now. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Right now. No, but yeah, so I'll, I'll miss that. that. I like that part, Thanksgiving. That's fun. That's good. <laughs> we could also play here because if we did play and you got that fucked up, you wouldn't fall in the fire because my fire's on my TV. That's so. true. Thank God. It's safe. It's, it's also really safe. safe. <laughs> I'll probably still lose my phone. Yeah, same. I don't even need to be drunk for that to happen. Me either. I lose that every day of my life anyways. Sometimes <laughs> it's in the intersection on the in the road. Like Or sometimes it's down the street. Or it's down the street, <laughs> you guys. I don't know how this happens to me all the time, but I'm always like, shit, where's my phone? And it winds up 
out in the land. <laughs> so, <laughs> with strangers answering it. Like, the first time it happened, me and Livy were going to the grocery store, and I was like, oh my god, the phone was on the roof of the car. Like, so we're driving slowly back, <laughs> like, looking in the streets for my phone, driving so slow, and we spotted it in the center, like, of a whole-ass intersection. <laughs> I had to, like, pull the, the whole car over and be like, Liv, look out for watch for cars for me. <laughs> Make sure I don't get taken out by a bus right now. So scary. And then the next time, um, we don't speak Spanish. I mean, Vanessa speaks it better than I can, but some... Pequito. Very little. <laughs> someone found it in my neighborhood and, but she could only speak Spanish, and Vanessa was, like, piecing together what, what she knew and, like, Google searching, like... like the words I didn't recognize. <laughs> like, <laughs> piecing together a conversation to find my phone. And we found it, and it was at a nearby neighbor's house. <laughs> I've never been Some there. sweet old lady picked it up on her walk. I don't know why. Like, it was found outside. it in the street. Yeah. Because my phone always... I don't know why that happens. Why does it always... brought it home, and we had to... It literally took us, like, almost two hours, because I couldn't figure out what she was saying. And she kept moving, by the way. And she was, like, on one street, and then she was on another street. She was just, like, on the go. And I'm like, hey, lady, you need to slow down. Stay in one spot. I don't know where you are. We will come find you. Oh, my gosh. I'm so stupid. I should have just looked at your location. My location. That's so embarrassing that we didn't do that. <laughs> oh my god, it's two hours. I'll never get back. No, honestly, that's not. I how learned like some Spanish though. You did, but that's definitely not how I wanted to spend my morning. No, it was very stressful. That was really stupid. Oh shit. Okay. Okay. Well, news. I mean, um, lesson here is if you lose your phone, probably best to. <laughs> Check look, your location. The look, look at the location on your friend's or phone. like find my iPhone. Yeah, me. that's a thing. And I had my phone. Okay. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's whatever. Um, that Anyways. was stressful. Also, this week has been stressful with the elections going on. I'm sure everyone's screen time on their phone is like ten hours a day because mine is. Oh god. It like notified me that it was. So I was like, oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, granted, some of that's Instagram, probably the majority, but I feel like it made me want to be off my phone actually more because I was like, this it was frustrating. Is not what I want to consume my whole life right now. Yeah, and it's just like confusing because it's like you don't know what to believe, and you know, there's so so much fake news out there, and there's like it's just it's exhausting. It's a lot, um, and just a lot of drama that. I don't need that in my life. I'm not ready for it. I'm very scared. <laughs> it's very aggressive. Social media was extremely aggressive for the last couple <laughs> yeah. months, and I'm just like, y'all need to take a time out, okay? Yeah, it was um, very intense. So, we also decided, though, who was it that said Ryan Seacrest should be president? I mean, <laughs> no, to run the election. Because he should be counting all the votes. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, I don't remember if I was listening to the radio or what, or he was like on his TV show. I don't fucking know. But... Someone was like, how the fuck does American Idol have their shit so together that they're fucking, they know the winner by the end of the night. Like, literally. In by one the, night. In one night.
tonight in a couple hours of voting. And we have been spending, like, what, a week now? Yeah. A week plus, and we can't figure it out. They're like, someone needs to fucking call Ryan Seacrest <laughs> right now and tell him to count this shit and, like, like, tell us what's going on. Put that bitch in charge. Yeah, it was super fun. Ryan, if you're listening. He straight up said, hell no. <laughs> oh, no. He was like, I'm never doing that. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay, so we're screwed. Yeah, so we'll find out in, like, three weeks. You guys stay tuned. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. It's been crazy. Um, decorate for Christmas. It relieves stress. Um, okay. Anyways, let's get down to business today. Um, we were actually approached by one of our babes about this topic that we wanted to like get into tonight, um, which is addiction and love and co-parenting and all of that. Um, and so she kind of brought it up to us and was telling us her story and, um, that opened it like a whole door for us. You know, we like reached out to you guys then and um, got so much feedback from everybody about Probably, it. Like the most feedback we've gotten on I was a like, topic. Wow, this is like way more like of a thing than we even like realized. Right. You know, um, just with the amount of people who are going through it that were going through it and writing in and just like being so open with their stories. Like it was crazy. Like how much and. Um, so we were like, okay, this is for sure a thing we got to, like, we got to get into. Um, so we wanted to share some stories with you guys today, um, you know, of different people who went through some stuff. Um, and if anything, just to show you that people, um, there is always hope, you know, people come out on the other side. But um, let's start with with this one. She says... Um, Hey girls, first of all, I love you guys and I seriously, and seriously, you don't even know how much you've helped me in my blended situation. Listening to your podcast helped me realize I'm not alone and so many other people are going through these situations. So I saw your post about dealing with an addict and thought maybe my story could help. Who knows? My firstborn son, my firstborn son's father is a meth addict and had been in and out of jail since my son was born. It's really sad and heartbreaking, not because I want to be with him or anything. Those feelings are completely gone, but it breaks my heart for my son. I met his father through my really good friend, and we were literally inseparable and basically obsessed with each other. I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with him, and after only three months of being together, I got pregnant. We decided to take this on and consider it a blessing. I was six months pregnant with my son and officially found out that his father was using crystal meth. I had... I never had any idea at all that he would ever even think to do this drug because he had a full-time job and was going to school. I was really naive. He started showing drastic signs, like staying up all night, and when I would lay with him, his heart was pounding like out of his chest. I didn't say anything, but I felt extremely weird about it. The day I found out was when I found a meth pipe in our bathroom, and I didn't even know what it was and asked him about it, and he finally admitted it to me. Then he admitted that he hasn't been going to school and dropped out. He also lost his job. At first, I felt bad for him and thought maybe he was stressed because of our baby. So I tried to help him and be sympathetic. He was very convincing and his, with his words and always made me feel bad for him. He played the victim and would say that he was embarrassed. I spent hours talking to him and reassuring him that everything will be fine. I told him I didn't care if he was broke and not going to school. I just needed him to be mentally there. He was normal for a few days and I thought everything was fine. 
But little did I know this drug is the most addicting thing in the world. And then he started disappearing for days at a time. And I was pregnant, so I would, like, cry all day and was completely stressed out. It got to the point where I called his mom and told her um, what was going on. We both cried together, and she was hurt to find out that he was doing this because it's a very serious addiction. I was trying everything in my power to get him sober or to get him help. But he wanted to do his own thing and told me I was controlling. I started losing my mind and felt so alone. Nobody could fill the void of what I wanted, which was his father to be with me throughout my pregnancy. I started shutting out my friends and family because I was so upset and in, den in denial. What really shook me and got me upset was I loved him and thought we were going to have such a strong family and future together. I couldn't even come to terms with the fact that I was going to have a baby boy brought into this world around such a toxic environment. This drug just turned him into a monster. My dad was really persistent that I separate from myself because from him because 10% of people get off of this drug and it's toxic to be around. I would get angry at my dad and then our relationship was rocky because of that. I felt so trapped and just insecure. One night I went through his phone and found out he was meeting up with prostitutes and cheating on me. So at eight months pregnant, I had to make the decision to be a single mom. It was the hardest and scariest decision I've ever made. It was scary because I knew I was having a boy and a boy needs a father figure in his life. So I literally packed up all of his stuff the next day and dropped it off at his mom's house and told him that I'm done and will be doing this whole thing by myself. The same day I went home and felt some sort of relief. I prayed and just had to trust in God's plan at this point. This was when I was looking at names and meanings of names. I decided to call my son Noah. The meaning is a new beginning and that's what he really was for me. I didn't have a job or any financial help and basically had to depend on my parents to help me. He ended up just calling me and showing up at our house begging for another chance. This kept happening until the day I gave birth. He was there and I kept and I kept thinking maybe if he physically sees his baby boy that he will want to be sober. After giving birth, his behavior remained the same. He would disappear, and I had to take on everything by myself. I would cry every night because I felt like I was grieving the death of somebody that was still alive. I really thought nothing could be worse and would just try to sleep as much as I can because I didn't want to wake up and face reality. So I ended up moving all the way to San Diego with my son and getting away from it all. I came to terms that I needed to be a mom and a dad to this little boy. When Noah was only three months, I got a call from his father, and he ended up in jail for fraud and theft. I thought this was a good thing for him because it would give him time to sober up and come back to his old self. I was holding on to hope of Noah having a dad and giving him back again, or and getting him and having him back again, so we could be a family. Unfortunately, it didn't work, and I had to learn the hard way. I would pick him up from jail, so excited and hoped that he was a changed man. It only took a week or two until he relapsed and disappeared. The cycle never ended and is still going on for him. After a few times of this, I moved on. I opened my own business and put all my energy into that so I can create a future for us without his father. Every time I took him back, I couldn't even focus on Noah, and I was only focused on his sobriety, and it drove me insane. Noah and I became so bonded on our own, and I love him so much I couldn't do it anymore. I would look at him, and he gave me so much happiness that I realized we don't need his dad anymore. If we have each other, and I was fully available for him without the toxicity, he would be happier no matter what. Now I'm engaged to the man he calls dad, and I couldn't be happier. He taught him how to ride his first bike, how to play soccer, and how to do everything a little boy should know how to do. My biggest fear was having him grow up without, his, without this father-son relationship, but trusting in God brought me to a man that stepped up to be a real dad. It brought me to my bonus baby girl, and now we have a newborn son together. All I wanted was Noah to have his biological dad because I didn't think anyone could love him as much. As hard as it was to let go, God had a bigger plan, and I couldn't be more thankful. It's the hardest thing in the world, but it was worth it. 
not only for myself, but for my son. As a mom, you can't help but put your kids first. I tried to help his father with everything I had, but the day I decided to choose Noah first and let him go, everything worked out for the best. Damn. Yeah. And that's crazy, like, how she said, uh, you know, as a mom, you put your kids first. But I'm sure in that situation, like, it's hard because it's kind of like taking care of another kid. Yeah. Like, you have to, you know, you're putting them first, making sure that everything's going to be fine because it's so rocky and so, like, unpredictable. And I feel like it's almost, you know, justified, like, because you're thinking, like, well, this is going to be best for my kid. Exactly. Like, you're thinking, like... Like, this needs to be right in order for anything else to be right. Yeah, like, I'm trying to save... The da- his dad so that he can have a full experience like a life, whole yeah. you know like a full family or whatever you know like she's thinking that's probably what's best for him too it's her to fight for his sobriety you know but at the end of the day she just learns that like people have to just want to help themselves and if they aren't going to do it themselves then that's when you have to look at your kid and think like we got to we got to bounce we got to go yeah yeah i have a couple friends who were and are numerous friends who were in relationships with addicts who, you know, I would talk to all the time and try to like figure out why. And it's, I feel like what I got out of it was that they are trying so hard to fight for the person that they are when they're not on drugs. Yeah. Like they love that person. They want that person back. And that's like, like she felt like she was grieving somebody that was still alive. Like the death of somebody that was still alive because that person doesn't exist anymore. They slowly turn into this other person and then that, accepting that, I can't even imagine how hard or impossible that is. So, you know, they, they start off with like being in love, like I said, with this one person and then slowly progresses to that person not being there anymore. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, it's crazy because I've like not firsthand like I've been in the situation, but I've been there for people who have. Yeah. And um, some of them with kids, some of them without kids. Right. Um, but it's just crazy, like the manipulation and thinking that okay, like this is it, this is the time, and then it, they're so quickly just a relapse. Yeah. It's like what the fuck? It's not know? even worth it at that point. I can't yeah. even imagine um, being in that situation. So, kudos to you for getting up and fucking starting your own business yeah starting over yeah moving to san diego and starting a business like i want to be you i know (laughs) i want to do that right now knowing (laughs) yeah and just like having the courage and knowing that it was time for you know looking at your baby and seeing like okay she deserves better you know she was eight months pregnant when she did that yeah like what like when all that are you a superhero like what in the hell um she literally moved and like gave her husband's shit back to his mom and was like, like bye. Yeah, we're out. Damn. Um, That's crazy. But to realize, like, how she realized that she was literally the only person that her son had, like, and being pregnant and vulnerable and psychotic at that point, you're eight months pregnant, you're literally a different person. Yeah. And having to make that decision, like, I can't even imagine the burden that that... The weight of that. The yeah. weight, yeah. Like, that's super heavy. Like, totally. Oh, I'm just going to be a single mom now. See ya. Yeah. Like, what? Just going to do this all by myself. Yeah. So, but, like, to realize that, and that's what, like, the power of, like, being a mom, like, the, it, it really it is, yeah. really does give you, like, the best. Superhuman. Like, like instincts. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Um, you know what's best. And even in a situation where you literally, which seems impossible, like, you just make it fucking work. Yeah. It's crazy. But, yeah, so, I mean, you and I have never been in a situation like this, but I feel like we wanted to 
cover this topic to kind of shed some light and let you guys know people who are in this situation that you're not alone. Yeah. And that it's a lot more obviously, um, common, common. Yeah. than we thought or right. expected, you know, like someone even wrote in a babe wrote in. She said, I've, I've struggled for so long and currently still am. So it'll be good to hear other stories that are similar. Like, please help. So just like even reactions like that, I feel like whoever shared your story, like you guys are fucking awesome because you're literally helping other people. Totally. Um, this is one of my favorites that came in. Um, it's from a male perspective It says, I am an alcoholic with 72 days of sobriety. Congrats. I never realized the effects my drinking had on the ones I loved. And then he continued to write in a whole message, which I'm seriously so proud of him. I love him. Okay. So he says, good morning. My girlfriend sent me this. I'm an alcoholic with 72 days of sobriety. I never really understood the effects my disease had on my relationship until I got sober and started holding myself accountable. My relationship by all means isn't perfect by adding that in, but adding that into that made it so much harder for my partner. Let's see. I also have a 13-year-old daughter. She's very supportive of my sobriety. As I work through the steps and it comes to making amends to her, I'm absolutely mortified of it. And for those of you who don't know what that means, in the steps for like Alcoholics Anonymous, yeah, it, you it, have to make amends with the people that you've really hurt. Like through your drinking mm-hmm. or through your using whatever it is. So that's one of the last steps. So what he's saying is that he knows he's hurt his daughter who's 13 and knows what the fuck is going on. And he has to face it. And he has to face her. And he said he's mortified. He's like, I can't. Um, so it is a lot different holding yourself to a child. She already has had to deal with me leaving her mom, her mom moving in with her boyfriend. And I know I have to tell her how bad I was. Don't get me wrong, I'm grateful for being sober and couldn't do it without the support from the girlfriend, daughter, and AA. It is very difficult to have to constantly hold yourself accountable, restrain your tongue, and remember that you are a sick person. My addiction started at 16. I'm 44 now, emotionally, and I'm 16, and I'll keep saying, is what about me? Or I'm just not good enough. Basically, the emotional capabilities of a 16-year-old. Wow, this is like some deep like reflecting. Yeah. I have 30 years of growth to do now, and it is a struggle every day. That's why it's just one day at a time. Sorry for all the typos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like tripping over the words. I, I, know, think, I think that was so brave of him to write in and just share that from, you know, the user's um, perspective. Right. And just like kind of put himself out there and like say like, hey, like I fucked up. I've done all these things like these are my skeletons in my closet and I think you know even just like being um it's it's gotta be healing in some sort of way to just kind of share that with the world and it proves that his process the process that he's going through in recovery mm-hmm. is working for him because it absolutely he's is holding himself accountable completely the that's way like he, the number one thing it's like you need accountability you need yeah. to be you need to realize that like you're sick you have an illness this mm-hmm. is not you're not well admitting to the fact that he knows that he has a what about me um exactly. mindset and like um, for a 44 year old man to admit that he's mentally 16 years old because he's selfish is huge like what <laughs> like yeah Oh my god! And this right here is just like, like a huge sign of like hope, also like and growth that there is, you know, 
there is a way out. And it just, obviously, it takes a lot of work, though. Right. You know? and, and it shows, and like... You have to be willing to put that work in. Yeah, and it shows that his... I feel like his main reason for becoming sober is, you know, his daughter and his girlfriend and wanting to... And props not, to the girlfriend. I know. I mean, she's got to be an angel. You know? And he obviously... He knows it, too. Yeah. He rants and raves about her, which is awesome. I know. I love them. I know. Me, too. So, thank you for writing in. I'm leaving everything anonymous, though, but we love you. Yeah. <laughs> And keep it up. I know. You got this, Like, congratulations. Too. Yeah, really, though. Like, 72 days is a really long time. I'm proud of you. Um, and when it comes to your daughter, I feel like she's going to understand completely. She's already had, if, you know, if she's as supportive as you're making it sound, then, you know, this is just going to make, be healing for you, you know, to, to get that off your chest. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so this final... Um, Babe mail that we're gonna go over is this is actually who wrote it. Messed, yeah, who yeah. gave us the idea? Who messaged us in the first place? Yeah, and you know who you are, and we love you. I seriously, we freaking love you. I am like obsessed <laughs> with you. It's like creepy. Like your she stories, is so funny. no, your stories make me die laughing. I love you so much. Just be yourself forever. But also knowing like your story now and where you came from and just seeing how like full of life you are still and After hilarious. everything, yeah. Like it makes me love you even more. So we love you. But let's get into it. Um, okay, so it says, so when I first started dating my then soon-to-be soon husband, I knew what addiction was but didn't truly understand it. We would party together, he would take some pills, and I honestly thought nothing really of it. I would even partake from time to time. I mean, it was 2007 to 2008. It was just was all out there. Then we got married, and I honestly thought he would chill, but it just got worse. Then eight weeks after being married, I found out I was pregnant. His addiction became his life. He would come home at all hours of the night, sometimes not even until the next morning after the birds were chirping. But I thought the best thing I could do was stay normal about it. I was only 20 at the time, and he was 21. I didn't want to be a nagging wife, and so I started making excuses and covering for him. Meanwhile, I was miserable inside because I didn't have the husband I thought I was going to have. I grew up, and he stayed being selfish. After our first daughter was born, about three months later, I had an accident when I was cliff jumping and broke my back. They gave me Oxycontin like it was candy. I got so much of it, but was but I hated taking it. And of course, I would catch him stealing it. I remember sitting him down and saying, like, you have to stop. This is getting really bad. I wouldn't sleep. I stayed up all night, even listening to him breathe because I was so scared he was going to die. And in all of this, I became the biggest enabler ever. I became enabling and codependent. It got so bad that we were so, so poor living in just the smallest place ever and me only being able to buy like butter and milk because he would spend the rest on his drug addiction. At this point, our first daughter was a little over a year. I was living this lie that led this legit double life that I thought no one knew was going on. Little did I know everyone knew or had a suspicion about it. At this point, he went to rehab, and yay, I thought everything was fixed. But not too much later, he relapsed. We had such a to toxic relationship. I was treated like crap emotionally, mentally, and verbally. Being abused, but I didn't know how to leave. It was horrible. Then I got pregnant again. She was born two and a half months early, and the fog was lifted. I saw this man who I dearly loved and decided to take both of my kids and leave to my parents' house. Hmm. He then put himself in rehab again. After like three months... Of him being, of us being separated, we stayed separated for about a year and then got back together because he proved he would stay clean. So he was 
clean for a year and three months. Yeah. Um, the problem with addiction is when you aren't also mentally sober, you're never going to stay fully sober. Um, I know, Savannah, you wanted to, like, say something about that because that kind of stood out to you. I like that line. I felt like uh, when she said that, it's just like, like, if you're not all in it, like, for real, you know, I mean, I don't know what it's like to be a user or an addict. Like, I'll never know. But um, I, you know, we see guys like the one that rode in before, and I feel like he was, like, mentally ready to take that on, right. which is why he's succeeding. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Instead of just, like, this guy where I feel like, I mean, just from reading this, that he was just kind of trying to prove a point so he could get his wife and kids back. Exactly. You know what I mean? There's like it's a, two different things. It's either a light. It, yeah. So. It's got to be a lifestyle change, not just a change because you're trying to get some sort of instant gratification. Exactly. Or because you have to, in quotes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, yeah, I agree. So, she says, I went to AA, NA, and codependent meetings all the time to try and understand. Addiction literally is the reason my family is no longer together. After him being sober for two and a half years, maybe even three, we decided we were going to have another baby. About six months in, we had to move in with my parents because the house we were renting, they wanted they wanted to sell it. So, yay, again, we were going to be able to save money and buy a house, or so I thought. About a month living there, another relapse this time. I was pretty, I was pretty pregnant and honestly had no clue. I thought he was working late hours to help provide and being a good man. Well, with addiction, he went downhill and then ended up having an affair. And six days after, okay, let's just listen to this part. And six days after we had our our third daughter, he told me that he was what he had been doing, and he left me to be with the other woman. Ugh. My whole world was just a mess because I thought sticking by him and working through really hard times was really just going to make us stronger. He about two months later found out that he, I about two months later found out that he got that girl pregnant as well. He was still using and still partying. And honestly, I was so scared for him. Yeah, I hated him at this point, but our daughters were older and I was seeing what a bad example and of a dad and a husband he was. He is now a full, full year clean and just trying to be a good dad. And I honestly know he has changed this time. He doesn't smoke, vape or anything, but addiction ruins lives in more ways than you know financially just ruins it what it does to your kids or loved ones like this is a problem all around the world i'm telling you guys about about this to possibly help others in knowing you're not alone you're not dumb for believing the lies trust me i've heard lie after lie after lie that now words literally don't mean anything to me anymore i've worked so hard for the past four years to become the person i am now and I'm striving to become better. I want to make my girls so proud of me. I work two jobs. I'm going to school and I'm showing them no matter what happens, no matter what brings you down, you can succeed and you can make it and you will. Time is everything. Legit time does heal. Save that in your mind. Time yeah. I don't know if people will think, oh my gosh, she's so dumb for believing me or for believing him so many times, but I was also very sick and deep into a super controlling and codependent relationship that I honestly thought I couldn't function or live without him. Damn. So. Um, insane. Yeah. Um, it's just, it, these, these stories are, they're hard to read and... It all, it, I know that it comes off like, you know, sad and it sucks that 
it doesn't always end with dad or who, the abuser, the the addict being there at the end of the day. Right. But sometimes I feel like the hope is finding your fresh start. Right. And finding the strength and the courage to do what's best for your family um, when faced with, like, toxic situations. Um, and, I mean, there are times when shit does get turned around, like Bud from a couple messages or from the last message, you know. Mm. Or, like, we had another writer um, write in talking to us about um, how she's gone through it with her husband and he's come out the other side, but now she's dealing with um, the mental repercussions and resentment and things like that. And, and like fertility and infertility he's been using for so long. And now, you know, they're going to have to jump through these hoops to have kids because of it. And she's just like, I'm so resentful of it. I don't even know if I want to continue or like if I want to go through all of that, you know? And so it's mm-hmm. kind of like, um, you know, kind of deciding like if you should seek out counseling to try to heal yourself after that, or if you, you know, need to call it at the end of the day. But, um, it's just all kinds of things that, I don't know. Just I feel like go into it, but her positive outcome from this was because she said at the end, she's like, "Yeah, people might think I'm dumb for listening to him, and I don't think you're dumb. Savannah doesn't think you're dumb. We for sure don't. No, <laughs> like well, only because it reminds me of, of being in a toxic being in a toxic relationship. relationship. Yeah, I mean, minus the addiction. Exactly, but I can only imagine how much harder that would make exactly. it. Exactly, and the guilt that you would almost feel for like leaving for them. leaving them when mm-hmm. they're sick. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I feel like that would cause a whole slew of shit and no. make it way harder to leave. And, like, I agree that you were sick yourself because I agree. being in that type of relationship is a sickness. It is. Been it's, there, done that. And yeah. it's awful. And so, like, when you said that, I, it just kind of, like, hit home where, like, oh, my God, like, she's so right. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Like, you will, I'll literally die if I'm not with you. No. Yeah. I've felt that before. The worst feeling on the planet. Terrible. And I'm sorry. Can we talk about... Six days after giving birth. Yeah. Like, you poor fucking angel. Totally. I can't even imagine, and I am so proud of you, because I would be in jail, because I would have killed him. Yeah. Like, I would have. Yeah. Like, you go, girl, because I wouldn't have literally been in prison and on a documentary on Netflix. Uh, true crime. Yeah. Bitches. Who crazy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Bitches who kill. <laughs> like, literally... <laughs> Women in prison. Yeah, it would have been me. Or what is it? Women who kill. (laughs) I can't even imagine what you went through. And now, what she said, she works two jobs. Both of them, her and homegirl in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. She she was eight months pregnant when that shit happened. You know, like oh my god, I could never. I feel bad for even just complaining this little amount in my pregnancy. I feel like I need to fucking shape up. <laughs> like, they're, like, they're like, this bitch don't even know. Yeah, me. you're like, shut their... They hate me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but, I don't know. We thought that it was super important to share um, this topic just based off of how, like, what we, we already said, like, how common it is and um, how much it's happening and... Um, just giving you guys hope that like there you're not the only ones if you are experiencing it or like that yeah there is um there are people who are able to turn it around you know and um if you've been hurt by an addict there is there are ways to find help you know like there are counselors out there um who can help you also because i mean 
I feel like if I went through some of that shit, I would need some serious therapy myself. Oh, yeah. I feel like... You know, um, and that's what I was trying to get at, too, with um, what we were talking about. The girl before who... Want, is trying is trying to decide if she's gonna stay with him right. and go through IVF, like um, you know, she if she does, she just might need to like find some help for herself, to you talk know, to somebody to be able to like rest with it, you yeah, know. I agree, but that's what this girl did. She she went to Alcoholics Anonymous classes, yeah, to try to understand it, and I think that that's super important, yeah, if because. You know, sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. She found her peace not with da- baby yeah, daddy. Right. And other people find their peace with baby daddy or with yeah, the addict. Or are like, able to make it work. Exactly. Or, There's two different, you know, avenues you can do to, to be happy. But it's if you really want it to work out, I feel like you, the only way to really understand it is to kind of go through it with them, the recovery process at right. least. Yeah. And try to figure it out because as an as a non-addict, is that what they call it? I don't know. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I would never fucking know what's happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I would be super resentful because I'm like, just stop. Exactly. And they're like, um, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Like, you know, um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for writing in. I know normally we only share like one, um, like email usually you know, out of everybody that writes in, but today there, I mean, I just, the amount of messages that we got was just so many and we just felt like, and these aren't short messages because these are people's lives. Like this is like their whole story that, and I feel like it was almost therapeutic for them. Yeah. Like to to write it. And I felt like, like the one chick who said, you know, it'd be nice to hear stories like mine. It's therapeutic for people to hear also. And we don't know anything obviously about this topic. Um, so it's kind of this was for you guys, you know, to let give you guys the platform and mm-hmm. kind of share your experiences and help people that are in your same boat. So just big thank you to you guys for being brave and having the courage to like put all that shit out there like that. I know that's like not easy to do. And even like trusting us because yeah, it's anonymous on our podcast, but, but it's, it's not, not anonymous to us. To us. Yeah. Like we know who you are. So yeah. thank you for trusting us. Like, totally. As well. Yeah. And if any of you guys, you know, like this week, this wasn't even, this wasn't even our idea, you mm-hmm. know, if any of you guys ever have topics like that, that you like feel are important that you want to share, please like let us know, feel free to send us in a message. Like you never know what kind of freaking wormhole you're going to open up like this one did Exactly. This week, and like, know? and it's like, like you said before, like we don't really have experience in this. So it wasn't really like a topic that we were like, Oh. We're like, not here to give let's advice. Dive into it. You know yeah. what I mean. Um, we do this for you guys, obviously, Absolutely, yeah. and like we want to stay as relevant as possible. So whatever, like your little heart desires, like throw it out there. Mm-hmm. And you know, if we get a response, and we'll we'll talk about it. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, thank you guys again for writing in and Merry you, Christmas. <laughs> no, Merry Thanks, Miss. Oh yeah. And um, we'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. But until then, if you have uh, stuff that you want to share with us, you can email us at ask at blendedbabes.com or send us a DM on Instagram at the blendedbabes and fuck Christopher Columbus. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>